Hi, I'm Sissy Graham Lynch. Welcome to Fearless, helping you have a fearless faith in a compromising culture. so excited to start this new podcast. This is new territory for me, so welcome to the very first episode. I just want to share what the Lord has taught me over the years. And I've had this heavy burden as I've watched our culture progress, but also have watched the church progress. We live in an anti-God world that is forever changing and forever compromising. And I see Christians not know how to navigate through that. They don't know what God's Word has to say about it. And here at this podcast, I want to help you navigate to be able to stand fearless in your faith in a compromising culture, to know what God's Word says, to know what you believe and why you believe it. But on this first episode, I just want you to get to know me, Sissy Graham Lynch, a little better so you'll have a better understanding of where I'm coming from and why I have a heart to do this podcast. My entire life, I've worn different hats and different labels, whether it's being introduced as Billy Graham's granddaughter, Franklin Graham's daughter, then Corey Lynch's wife. My husband, Corey, for those who don't know, played football at Appalachian State and won three national championships, then went on to play in the NFL for six and a half years. So then I was his wife, and now I have two children, uh, a five-year-old and a two-year-old, so I get often introduced as their mom. And another hat that I wear is I'm also a working mom. I work for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and Samaritan's Purse, which requires a lot of travel and time away from my family. And in an upcoming episode, I will share with you some of the struggles I've had to find the balance of how to be a working mom who travels a lot, but also a mom and a wife who's there for her family. But I want you to get to know me a little bit here. And um, growing up as a Graham, one of the questions I have gotten asked the most is, what is it like growing up as Billy Graham's granddaughter and Franklin Graham's daughter? And I often don't know how to answer it because growing up, it's just all I knew. Uh, Daddy Bill, I'm going to call him Daddy Bill, but for Billy Graham, and here on the podcast, we're going to refer to him as Daddy Bill mostly. He was just my granddad, and he was the same man that the world saw is who we got behind closed doors. Except I always say he was a little more soft-spoken behind closed doors. He was uh, very quiet and humble, but just so loving and tender. Um, We really got to see the same Billy Graham. There weren't two Billy Grahams. Some of the first memories I had were going to crusades and realizing how big they were and understanding that there's something different about my grandfather. Somebody told me a story recently that— um, we I can't remember what city we're in, but I was just a little girl, and I was sitting next to my grandfather, and somebody handed him the newspaper, and he was on the front page of the newspaper. And I said, Daddy Bill, who put you on the front page of the paper? And he goes, I don't know, honey. Who would do that? Just something so sweet. So when you're growing up in it, you don't realize. Growing up as a grand, there's always preconceived ideas. Even starting back in Sunday school, when I was a little girl, I can remember them playing like Bible trivia. And if the kid next to me did not know the answer, he would look at me like I should know. And oh, I would just die in embarrassment for not knowing the answer. Because I think people believe that Grams should have been born automatically with the Bible inscribed in their mind. So even as a little girl, I had to deal with preconceived ideas. But I would say it was when I got into high school that I started feeling like I was being treated differently because I was the daughter of Franklin Graham. 
um, whether I was being picked on a little bit or things would be said under their breath about the Graham family in front of me. Um, I'll never forget when I got to college. I went to um, a Christian university, and people mistreated me really just because they thought I was, you know, they were going to pick on me a little bit because of the last name Graham. And so it was difficult for a through high school and college to navigate of who I was as a Graham. I was ashamed of it. I didn't like being a Graham. And I'll never forget on, um, I turned 18 and I went around the world trip with my dad. And for the first time in my life, I got to see the extensiveness of his ministry of Samaritan's Purse. I'd visit many sites, but this one, we went to uh, different countries around the world for two weeks, just my dad and I. And I got to see him do what God had called him to do. And I got to see what God would do through one man who was obedient to his calling on his life. It hadn't been easy being the son of Billy Graham. And my dad, just like me, had to navigate and find his own way. But God called him for something. He was obedient, and he hasn't compromised the gospel. And how God honored that around the world through different projects of Samaritan's Purse, and now in later years as he took over the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association for my granddad. But for a daughter— I finally, instead of saying I had a dad gone all the time and I would be mad at God for, oh, I don't have a dad who's at my volleyball games and I didn't have a dad that taught me how to ride a bike. But I finally got to see what my dad was doing when he was gone and that God had called him to do that. And I see that a lot in ministry with children, that they've uh, resented their parents who've been in ministry over the years. Um, But for me, it changed when I got to see my dad working on the field with the beneficiaries of Samaritan's Purse. And I realized then is that I had to take the good with the bad. I had to, there was a lot of good of being a Graham, you know, whether it's traveling the world and getting to go to different crusades and getting to meet amazing people along the way. But for most people don't see is there's a lot of hardship that can come with it. A lot of pressure, a lot of um, preconceived ideas, a lot of expectations. But I do have to be clear, there was never expectations put on us by my grandparents or by my parents. Most people don't know a lot about my mom, Jane, but my mom stayed at home with us while growing up. My dad traveled and was be gone for extensive time periods. But my mom was home with us. She raised us. I have three older brothers. I was the youngest. I say I was the surprise late in my parents' life. And I'm thankful that I had a mom that stayed at home with us and really kept us grounded. And she was at every volleyball practice or every soccer game, at every school function, and that I'm thankful for. I used to call her like the neighborhood mom. She was not afraid to discipline other people's children, correct them, tell them what they're doing wrong, but she would also praise them and love on them just like her own. But what I'm thankful for is that my mom— uh, didn't come to know Jesus till she was in her 20s. It was my grandmother, uh, Ruth Graham, that led my mom to Christ. So my mom never hid us from the world. I went to public school my whole life, and she never hid us from the world, but she prepared us for the world. She would prepare us for those tough choices that were going to come as a teenager or when we went off to college, whether it was dating or drinking or drugs. She would talk to us about all these tough issues as a mom and from a biblical standpoint, and then what God's Word had to say. So that I'm thankful for, because she gave us practical applications to how to navigate and how to stand strong in our faith in this world. 
And that's what I want to do here at this podcast is things that I've learned from my mom or other people in my life that have been practical ways to live out my faith, to stand strong and unashamed of the gospel of Jesus. I want to answer some tough questions. I want to talk about social issues that are close to all of our hearts, that maybe our society and the church, the lines have been blurred a little bit for us and to help us stand strong because I've had to deal with it. When I went to college, I had to learn really who who God was in my life because my junior and senior year in high school and maybe my freshman year in college, I ran from God a little bit. I ran from being a Graham. And it was really after my freshman year in college, I had to ask myself, who is God to me? Not to my dad, Franklin Graham, but who was he to me? So it was then I had given my life to Christ and accepted my heart as a little girl. But it was after my freshman year in college that I really got on my knees and said, Lord, my life is yours. And I watched God really start working in my life. I ended up transferring I had fallen in love with a very handsome, good-looking football player that was playing at App State named Corey Lynch, who would be my future husband one day, and I ate all my words. I moved for a boy that I said I would never do, and I also moved back home to Boone, North Carolina, where Appalachian State is, which I said I would never move back home. So never say never because God will make you eat your words. I learned that very early on. So I transferred from Liberty to Appalachian State University, which was a very secular and liberal school. I'll never forget going into a classroom and the professor, my very first classroom at App State, and the professor knew I had transferred from Liberty University, looked down at her glasses at me and called me Miss Liberty. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to be a, a tough a, a tough course to have. She didn't know who I was. She just knew it was a transfer. But once she figured out who I was and my last name, I could see she wanted to know if I would stand strong, if I knew what I believed and why I believed it. Because so many times I would see other Christians in class, they kind of stood up for their faith, but as soon as an argument came against them, they would quickly wither away. Or they would stand in a um, in front of a class and not take a bold stand because they were afraid. And I want you to hear to be fully equipped to be able to stand strong in this world, to be able to stand in confidence of what you believe. And there's only one way you're going to do that, and that's if you have God's Word hidden in your heart. And that's how you're prepared to give an answer to a world that is forever coming against us. And in our society, um, especially in our in Christian culture, we're depending too much on human opinion, whether it's um, different Christian books, whether it's pastors, we're depending on them to reveal to us what we should be depending on the Holy Spirit. My brother, Will Graham, tells me the best Bible commentary is the Bible itself. And we have to know what God's Bible says. It is alive. It is active. It is so relevant to today that God answers everything that we need to know. But so often we depend on other humans' opinion to reveal God's Word. So here I want us to look at God's Word, know what it says on different social issues that we might deal with, whether it's politics, whether it is drinking, homosexuality, taking a stand in the classroom. Um, Hopefully, I'll be able to get my mom or my dad on here in the future and be able to ask them some questions. But I'm excited that you have joined me at my very first podcast and look forward to this new adventure.
as we wrap up every episode, I want to remind you that I am speaking from experience and how the Holy Spirit has convicted me. So it's up to you to open up God's Word on these subjects, study His Word, know what it says, because His Word is the best commentary we have, and see how the Holy Spirit convicts you. I want this podcast to be thought-provoking and to start conversations with our family and our friends. One of the things that has inspired me for this podcast is my favorite Bible verse of all time, and that's Romans 1.16. I am not ashamed of the gospel because of the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. And it's so important for us as Christians not to be ashamed of the gospel. That's the power of salvation. And so many times we we tell ourselves that, oh, we need to be quieter about our faith because it's going to offend people. Or I might not get this promotion at work because I might offend somebody if I pray with them. And we're, we're just timid in our faith. But we God calls us not to be ashamed of it. There might be persecution along the way. There might be hardships along the way. But I promise you, God will honor you. He doesn't say we won't go through the fire, but he does go through the fire with us. It's like he went with Daniel to the lion's den. Daniel still went to the lion's den, but God went with him and brought him through it. And I don't want you to be timid in your faith. I want you to be unashamed of it. And I'm reminded of 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And I don't want you to live in fear. I want you to have a fearless faith so you can live in this world and you can live abundantly in a compromising culture. Thank you for joining me on my very first podcast. To stay connected, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Sissy Graham Lynch. I was